Welcome to the Live Courageously podcast show number 19 of 2023, and I'm your host, John Duffy, and this is the 35th Live Courageously podcast show since I started the show a year and a half ago. Courage is the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. And if you haven't seen the previous 34 podcasts with some of my amazing, courageous friends sharing their powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live powerful lives and making a difference in the world, you can watch them on my John Duffy Live Courageously YouTube channel. And I have another 75 amazing friends planned to be guests on some future shows. So please subscribe to my Live Courageously channel, uh, Duff Square Film, and please keep coming back every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today's show, let me just, before I even start it, let me get the actual thing going. It's been a long, I just got here from, from Atlanta, so let me just start this up. All right. And today's show, it's Memorial Day weekend. And I just wanted to just share that there's, for those who may or may not know, there's three military holidays, Veterans Day on November 11th. That is a day to express gratitude for veterans who serve. The second uh, holiday, military holiday is Armed Forces Day. And that honors those who are aren't, uh, in the Armed Forces at the time and serving. And then Memorial Day, and I'm just going to put up a thing. And Memorial Day is a day to honor those who gave their lives to give us the freedom that we have. So this weekend, while we enjoy the holidays with our family and friends, we take the time to remember those that lost their lives in service so we could have our freedom. And this just is a little thing to remember the brave men and women who've uh, allowed us to be able to celebrate Memorial Day today. Um, today's guest is uh, Alan Levi Simmons. And Alan is a multifaceted individual with an incredible life story. He's not only a husband, a father, a motivational speaker, an author, and a United States Marine Corps veteran with deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. Alan is a true inspiration to us uh, all as he has overcome post-traumatic stress, hopelessness, anger, anxiety, memory loss, and suicide. He found the strength to fight his demons with purpose and poetry, inspiring him to write his first book, a collection of poems titled, Can I Speak? And this is a, a, a picture of that book. Whoops, can I speak? And Alan's determination to succeed saw him graduate with a degree in electrical engineering technology from UNC Charlotte, even after facing setbacks that led to his dropping out in 2012. He then went on to become a successful software support professional for IBM. He's also the host and the creator of the Purpose Pod, podcast where he inspires others to live a meaningful life. Alan's life mantra, never stop, never quit, repeat. Trademark is a reflection of his perseverance, determination, and his journey inspires us to overcome obstacles, face our fears, and never, never give up on our dreams. Alan is a true example of what is possible with hard work, determination, and a willingness to face our challenges head on. I'd like to welcome uh, Alan to the show courageously thank you brother i, I hey john I, I was in the middle about to move moving stuff around I was, you're trying oh, to move yeah. the technology right yeah i was moving stuff but thank you john for the amazing introduction 
Well, you're very welcome, man. And it's a, a pleasure to have you on the show and a pleasure to meet you. Um, you know, we were we haven't met in person, but you you know you were introduced yeah. to me by Dr. Trina with uh, mm -hmm. her nonprofit Given Hour, and she suggested she said, "Hey, there's this great guy. You got to meet him. You got to have him on the show." And so she's <laughs> the 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 one that connected us. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that she did. Yeah, I am as well. That's that was awesome, and I want to just thank you, Trina. Uh, shout out to Trina, and shout out to Given Hour. Um, shout out to those who are suffering, but they are moving forward. Uh, just want to encourage everybody to check out Given Hour. Please do that. Yes, absolutely. It's a great, a great nonprofit organization that's working in the mental health field with veterans, but also with others as well. And, and it does some great work. So uh, let me start with, before I start with you taking us on the journey of your life, uh, Alan, maybe, you know, because the show is Live Courageously and you seem to have had a very courageous life. What does Live Courageously mean to you? Uh, I love. I saw. I saw that you asked that question. I was like, man, how am I going to come up? You know, what, what am I going to come up with? But um, you know, when I was listening to others explain it, you know, and it mentioned that they they mentioned how it can be different for everyone, right? Um, but live courageously for me um is more of a mindset uh because it's a decision, you know, to face your fears, you know, and your your thing is faith over fear, right? So I think live courageously is just that, like choosing to have faith that uh, everything's going to work out if you push forward and persevere. Well, I think that's a, a good way of uh, summing up for people. But, you know, you obviously went through a lot and you've overcome and you persevered. But take take us on your, your journey. Where did your personal journey, where did your life start out? Where did you grow up? And take us on that uh, journey of, of life that's taken you to where you are today. Yeah, so my my journey of uh, living courageously, I, I wouldn't say I've had a good journey. You know, I've, I've chosen the courageous journey because of my choices, I would say. Um, you know, like growing up, I'm from Somerville, South Carolina. It's a town near Charleston, South Carolina, in the low country. Um, you know, and I, I grew up there, and then I went in the Marine Corps after graduating high school in 2007. Um, the crazy story about me joining the military was because I was a young guy graduating high school expecting to be a father. Um, that is why I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I find out in boot camp that I was not the father of the child. And, you know, that really kind of shifted my life because um, I made this decision, um, you know, to, to be there for a child. But then now the child isn't mine. So now I am. I signed my name to Uncle Sam, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I joined the Marine Corps. I, you know, I go through training um, and I become an electrician. And, you know, I find myself in Iraq. I find myself in Afghanistan. And shortly after that, I find myself out of the military. And I know we'll dive into those parts. But, um, you know, and after the military, I struggled with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic stress. Um, from uh, from my combat experience in Afghanistan um, after an RPG blast that we'll talk about. And, uh, you know, and I struggled with uh, anxiety. I struggled with suicidal ideations. Um, and there wasn't a given hour for me at that time. I did not know about given hour. So my struggle looked like more of uh, addictions and, uh, you know, kind of um, self-medicating and, you know, not really certain about the path to take to re to recovery and you know 
later down the road, I wrestled with, you know, dropping out of school multiple times because of my memory issues and my, from my TBI. Um, but I overcame that and, you know, I live by this model, never stop, never quit, repeat. And so that's where I, I got to where I am now as a software developer and a motivational speaker and author. So looking forward to, you know, jumping in different parts of my story. A hundred percent. Well, well, one, I, I, I hope I may get a chance to see you. I'm going to be in Charleston, South Carolina for four days in June for a wedding, oh, wow. so June 9th to the 12th. So maybe, you know, we'll, yeah. get, lucky, we'll get a chance to connect in person, but you yeah. know, with your story, uh, you know, you picked not the easiest uh, a branch of the military, joining the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done some, you know, training videos with the Marines and I got a lot of uh -huh. dear Marine friends. But what was that like for you, that experience? And then obviously mm. going to two war zones, Iraq and Afghanistan. So, you know, yeah. tell us about that. And then, you know, how you got injured, how that affected you to TBI and then coming back from it to post-traumatic stress. Yeah, good good question, John. Uh, the the hardest military branch, you yeah, know, right? I was definitely uh, not looking for the Marine Corps. I'd say that. So after that situation, um, you know, finding out that I, I'd be a dad, you know, my my buddies randomly came up to me. You know, they were on the track team with me. Some some of the guys were on the wrestling team, and some of the guys uh, were on the football team from my high school. You know, and each of these three guys were like from different parts of the school and they were my friends and they were like, hey, we're going in the Marine Corps. We're on a buddy program. You should come with us. You know, and John, at this time I was going to school. I was going to uh, head to college for elementary education, mm. um, you know, and still I did not have a clear idea of who I wanted to be in life. Like I was that was the first they had this uh, this opportunity for minority males. And I was just going to take that opportunity at this college and see where life would have taken me. Um, so they say, hey, we're going to the Marine Corps. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, I wasn't really that patriotic, you know, at that time. You know, I wasn't even thinking about serving my country. And, you know, 9-11 had happened in 2001, uh, you know, six years prior to that. But the, the war was still going on, as we know. You right. know, and um, so I was like, I'm not going to war for nobody. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and needless to say, John, I did go to war for some people, right? I did go twice. Um, but, yeah, so it ended up being the Marine Corps that I, I went to. But it was – I stand on this side of the yellow footprints because when you go to Paris Island, South Carolina, they, you know, you Google the Marines and you may see, like, these yellow footprints that we had to stand on, you know, when the bus uh, pulled into the depot. Man, I'm talking about it's, like, early in the morning – you know, uh, still dark outside and, you know, you, your bus pulls into Paris Island. You got you, you and a, a bunch of other uh, people that are about to have their lives changed. And, you know, this anticipation I felt, you know, like coming onto the depot. I was never in ROTC, didn't really understand what military was going to be like. Um, you know, so it's quiet, you know, and these drill instructors get on. And they start barking orders. All right, get off right now because all right, go speed and intensity, everybody, right? And they start yelling and they got this voice. That's why I made that voice. They had this frog. We call it a frog voice because they yell so much that their voice is, ah, da, da, you know, when you lost your voice. Um, but they're, they're yelling at you and you're moving. It's all about speed from the time they get on that bus to the time you leave Paris Island, South Carolina, for three, after three months, it's speed and intensity, speed and intensity, right? So everything you're doing, you're moving. And um, I, I remember finding out in boot camp that, you know, I wasn't the dad. And 
Mm. I was so hurt because, you know, I'm in training, going through hell. And, you know, and then I was really just hurt as a man. Like, I felt like, oh, man, somebody took something from me that I thought was going to be mine, right? I thought, wow. it was, I thought this was something that I was ready for now. Um, but boot camp was really tough for me because I wasn't an obedient person. <laughs> You're a I didn't follow. Rebel. Yeah, I'm a rebel, man. He's, <laughs> you know, they tell they tell me to scream. I'm like, ah, you know, like, hey, you know, they say go to ten, I go to six. You know, I only, you know, but they they broke me in the Marine Corps and boot camp. You get broken. You know, they they take your identity and like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you buck back at the system. Um, it is created and designed to break you as an individual. Sure. And they take that individuality and they, they make you into a team member, a person that puts others before themselves. And, you know, you could be this person that was never that way. And if you allow the system to do what it was designed to do, it can have a, a shift in your mindset. And I, I needed that shift. Uh, that the Marine Corps gave me because it made me believe in myself at different levels. I was doing things that I never thought I could do in training. I was doing that, you know. Um, but yeah, so fast forwarding past, you know, the training, I just say boot camp was just a whole nother experience in itself. Um, well, you know, I got to see, not like you, I wasn't in the yeah. Marine Corps. I filmed, uh, you, you know, when they came and they got on the yellow footsteps and we did it in Camp Pendleton. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching okay. it on the side, you know, behind with the camera crew and we're filming it. And like you said, just even from a distance watching it, you could feel the, you know, the frog voice, the screaming uh -huh. of the drill instructors, the, you know, the fear of these young recruits. And, yeah. you know, we filmed from that day until they graduated. And like wow. you said, the people, you know, they, they went through a transformation. They became team. They became, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, it was a whole amazing thing to see them from the beginning to where they were when they graduated and became Marines. So we yeah. started. The other side, you experienced it, the real deal from, you know, the inside. Yeah. So That's cool. I mean, it, but it must have been a hell of an experience for you because I just yeah. watched it. It was, it was scary enough for us just yeah. watching. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's cool that you got to see that experience, you know, because a lot of people like if you if you're not going through it, if you're not taking people through it, you don't really have people that get to witness that experience. So it's cool that film, you know, gives people that opportunity to capture stories and places that people may have never may never visit in their lifetime and it brings that to them um that's what i love about film so thank you for your service and what you do in film hey right? well, like, you know, here's, the, here's the crazy thing because that was my first time my dad was in the army but he died when i was four years old so right. i didn't have any experience with the military and i was kind of rebel as well so that was the first time i was up close and personal with the military and particularly the marine corps right mm -hmm. and we they brought a bunch of educators there and the educators, some of them were anti-military when they arrived to watch the, the training of these young Marines. By the end of the thing, they were in love with the, the, the Marine Corps and these young men, yeah, you know, because yeah. and what you, you saw was that, you know, you almost wish that more Americans could at least get up close and experience watching it, not necessarily mm -hmm. join it, but to be able to understand what people go through to end up yeah. in the situation that you went yeah. through, right, to go serve and then go into war zones just to understand yeah. it better. Cause I think most Americans don't really understand it. Yeah. That, and you know, John, like <laughs> the fact that most Americans don't understand it, you know, when we say things like, thank you for your service and stuff, it has to come from a place of like, you know, do I, you know, I think before we ever say thank you for your service, I think it has to be a reflection of, do I understand what that service is? Uh, I went to DC and um, Washington DC, you know, for, uh, a, a panel discussion uh, around veterans, 
uh, suicide uh, care outside of the VA, the VA healthcare. And, you know, someone mentioned, like, I think we have to remember what we're asking people when they sign their names on there. We're asking them to take lives. Right. You know, if it had, you know, and I think a lot of Americans, we don't, we see the movies, right? We see the movies, we under, we have an understanding, but, you know, what we don't see is that, and I think a lot of movies are trying to capture that noun, is the trauma that happens there and what happens to the person when they return. You know, there's a lot of like movies nowadays that's addressing the soldier, let's just say, that returns from their duty. You know, um, and that soldier, that that person, they they're battling in the mind. They're battling a war that they left the war zone, but now that war is now in the homeland, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I think when when I when I now as somebody who was running away from the military, who never wanted to be in the military, um, now when I see and I hear "Thank you for your service," I you know I think about that. I think about even for myself as a veteran you know, uh, coming into contact with uh, Vietnam, World War II veterans in uh, D.C. Uh, in, uh, two years ago, a couple of years ago, um, being around them and saying, thank you for your service, understanding that when they came home, they weren't the same. Right. Yeah. And, well, let's go with that because, you know, you, like you, you started to lay out, you know, you ended up in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and it, it mm -hmm. had a, a pretty... Um, traumatic effect on you as well as what, yeah. and, uh, and so tell us a little bit about that what in there in that world created that in you when you came back you had to deal with post-traumatic stress and mm -hmm. uh, mental challenges and suicide and all those things so take us through that journey that you went yeah through. yeah so my um my first my first duty station I was in Okinawa and you know I had just became a corporal E4 in the Marines and you know when you're in the Marine Corps that that rank holds a lot of weight um, it's something that you really, it's the first, the first rank that you really like, you know, after Lance Corporal, you know, you get some delegation, you can, you can kind of lead, you can start leading Marines. Uh, corporal is when you kind of get that manager title in a sense, like, you know, um, they will trust you to take these Marines into battle uh, rank, right? Um, you're the, the leader, the squad leader. So I, I, uh, I was, um, offered an opportunity to join a meritorious board where I would compete against these other Marines for the rank of E4. And I did not believe in myself. When we talk about live courageously, um, and I'm leading my way into the war zone because this is how I got there. But, um, <laughs> but li living courageously, John, like I think about Okinawa, Japan, and how I, it was fear over faith at that time for me. Mm. And, you know, I did not believe in myself in that capacity to be able to go up against these hard chargers, these Marines who are running every day and doing their best in the education settings. And like, these are the Marines that are at their top. I didn't see myself there, even though my leadership did. And the craziest thing happened is that I win the meritorious board. I, I beat these other Marines who are going up for that rank, right? And I start to understand something. I'm like, wow, I am that person that I, I, I don't see in the mirror, right? Wow. Um, you know, so at that point, right when I got promoted, it was a conversation between myself and another Marine who had also, um, they, they placed them on the board as well. And they were like, okay, we got two guys that's gonna win. It was me and a, my buddy from my platoon. And 
you know, they were like, hey, we need a corporal to go to Iraq, right? They said, be careful for what you ask for. As soon as, as soon as I get promoted, the, you know, a quota came open for a, a Marine corporal uh, to go to Iraq as an individual augment to serve um, the joint forces. You know, and this is the joint services were with, you know, the Italians, you had the other guys, the, the Ugandan guards, and you're, you're in it with the Army, the Air Force, Marines, and Navy. So it's all of these forces that are together. I had no idea about all of this. This, this was only in the movies, you know, when they're at the big command center and they got the big TV and they're all talking about, oh, yeah, we got this event here, right? Um, I hadn't seen that before. So I, I, I'll go. This is to say, this is my, this is my first, my other volunteer of joining. I said, I did say I'll go uh, Uh when it came to Iraq. I said I would go and I feel very proud and honored about that because my buddy had just got married and I was like, you know what? I'm single. At that time I was single, no kids. I was like, I'll go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I understood the capacity of what that meant. Right. Like it doesn't mean like when you get, when you hear you're going overseas, most of the time, I say ninety percent of the time, you're thinking I probably might not come back, that's right. <laughs> right? Like, so, so when they, that's what that's what that was. So, mm. you know, I get I get sent over to from Okinawa, Japan. I go to uh, Florida McDill Air Force Base. Got to have the Air Force experience for a little while, the Hollywood life, as, they, <laughs> as we call it. You know, because the Air Force guys, they get it good. They get it real good. Um, very put, different than the Marines, right? Very different. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we sleep on cottages. They got a queen. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's different. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's different. But um, no, respect to the uh, Air Force, though. But you know, so I get to make their Air Force base, and you know, they put me out in my own little uh, condo, right? And I got my own uh, rental car, so the Air Force hooked me up. And you know, this is prepping me for uh, Iraq. You know, and I, you know, I get to Iraq, and it's a different place, right? It's not Somerville, South Carolina. It's not Charleston. Right. It sure hell it sure as hell isn't the United States of America. <laughs> right? Like yeah, this, right? this is different. This yeah. is um, you know, here is where people are putting bombs in their vehicles and driving it into barriers and buildings. Here's where people are strapping bombs on their bodies and walking into crowds and community spaces. Here's where they're shooting mortar uh, d- uh attacks over barrier walls and hitting our buildings, right? So that's a different type of war. It's not just people shooting. You have people blowing themselves up. Um, you know, so being there, I I was able to work in a center to where I would, um, I was a radio operator. So it was the first time as an electrician, I'm doing something out of my job title. Um, I'm in a radio operator. Every time people are leaving the base, going um, on a, a convoy, they had to call in and I would uh, take record of who was leaving and who was coming back. It was a very important job. Um, and then I would also have record of significant events that happened over the, the uh, Baghdad and the Helmet province area. So every time there was a IED attack where the Taliban was there, I would have to coordinate reports and have those discussions with top commanders, colonels, brigadier generals. And it was so amazing. Like that part of my life, I feel like I, I wish that people knew about that. Like, you know, people just hear I serve and I went to Afghanistan, Iraq. But they don't get to see like what I got to do there. It was so cool, um, you know, to be in that space, in that element, you know. And then, you know, so in Iraq, you know, there was the 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 war, the trauma was kind of on the outside. It was happening on the outside, you know, 
I um it didn't happen to me firsthand. It was the building, the dust being shaken by a bomb or like, you know, going out in town on a convoy after somebody uh did a suicide bomb and, and the and the locals are holding their loved ones in the road and crying. I got to see that with my eyes. So coming from Iraq. Oh, go ahead. You got something? No, no, I was I, I'm I keep going, yeah. I, I, cause I want to try and um get okay. you to take us to the trauma stuff because you got so much okay knowledge. yeah and i want to make yeah. sure we get to the yeah i'm gonna go there. I'm, I'm about to, to jump out to your yeah. poetry i want to do it all man so yeah, yeah just if you can kind of fast forward us to, to what afghanistan it drove you and, and then how did you deal with the trauma because that's such a big part of your speaking as well so right if you can just take us through that that'd be great yeah so that so that's iraq and then you know that was in 2008 um 2008 2009 Afghanistan came 2010, 2011. I was in California. I was at Camp Pendleton, Oceanside, Sunnyside, California. Um, and I was, I was attached to Explosive Ordnance Disposal Company. That's EOD. And they go and defuse bombs. That's what you call when you find a bomb. So I was attached to those guys. And, and like the um, movie Hurt Locker for people. Who, yeah. Right? You know, that's exactly. what they did, right? Uh -huh. Exactly. Like the movie Hurt Locker. Great film that captures that whole thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so... We're, we're in Afghanistan, and I remember it was in December 2010, and, you know, there, uh, Corporal Benjamin, he's this guy that's been over there, he's on his second tour, his brother had died in Afghanistan, he decided to come back and fight the war in Afghanistan again as an infantryman. Um, you know, they, he asked me, hey, Simmons, you want to go on a patrol with us tomorrow? I was like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm down, I'm down to go on a patrol, you know, and the next morning they, they wake me up, and, you know, I'm getting dressed, I'm getting ready to go on this patrol, just to let the locals know, like, hey, we're here, protect you, let us know if you have any problems, right? Um, so we get out there, and they, they're going over the formation, and the formation is a V formation, like a letter V, and they tell me, Simmons, you're going to be on the top part of this formation right here. So I'm the lead guy on the right side. I was like, you're going to put the black guy up front? I'm going <laughs> to die, right? Like, I just... <laughs> I said that, like, I was like, you gotta put the black guy up front, right? And everybody was laughing and getting kicked. But they put me up front anyway, so I was up front. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we get out there, we get outside the wire, and we get to this house, and this guy, he's popping up, hopping up, looking like he's on the phone. And I, I was like, hey, there's a guy back there. He looks like he's paging in someone. And it's like, Simmons, calm down. It's your first patrol. It's okay. Uh, three guys ride by on the moped, one hmm. on the handlebar, one driving, one on the back, and they wave at us, inshallah, inshallah, you know, tell us, God be with you, right? And they disappear, and next thing you know, we're walking down this trail, and this kid comes outside. He's probably like seven, eight years old. Oh, no, no, you know, speaking in his language, and he tells the interpreter that the Taliban told everybody to go inside because they put an IED in the road. Uh -huh. And he, he had not told us where the IED was. It's just that they put an IED in the road. So... I get to the intersection, um, this cross intersection, and I'm looking through my rifle scope, and I'm like trying to find something, and uh, a voice speaks to me. I, I say this, a voice speaks to me and tells me to look by my foot. I hear something say, look by your foot. I look by my foot, there's a haystack. Look, look under the haystack. I look under the haystack, and there's a propane tank um, with a cell phone strapped on top of it with 12 9-volt batteries, and like, so oh. there's an IED. I scream, IED, right? Oh. Um, Right. So an IED is right there by my foot. It's one of those ones where they have to call it and then boom. Um, so we fortunately had the radio jammer um, that was on the pack of my sergeant who was in a, uh, the patrol 
and he came and he placed the, the pack by the bomb and we we, separ- we separated from the bomb into the 360 around the bomb and you know this guy he gets me to go into this house to uh after arguing with him he gets me to go into this house you know after i've been shell kind of like shook shell shock right now um we go search the house no one's in there and except for a family a man and his two kids we tell them to stay there we get outside and we're looking out in this big old field and this field almost like a football field you have some houses to the left with a white van right in front and then trees in front of you about 100 yards down and uh kind of open the area to the right and this man is running and i'm watching him with my scope and he's running he has a bulletproof vest on and so i'm thinking okay taliban my boy he calls it in command command possible taliban can we engage they said does he have a weapon i'm looking i'm like i don't know he has a trigger device in his hand can we engage they say if he doesn't have a weapon rules of engagement don't engage right so can't shoot any locals or anything like that. So you don't engage. Uh, so he disappears. And once he disappears, there's gunshot. <laughs> like coming from in front of us. And I just, bullets are just skis, 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 skis. Bullets are hitting their earth. And I can see the dirt popping up in front of me. And, you know, fast forward, we're, we're exchanging fire. And we have to turn back and get with the rest of our platoon. I turn around. I'm zigzagging. Drop it to the ground. Turn around, zigzagging get to the ground and I I get up again and I'm running and all I know is a boom like a flash big old blast happens about like a couple of feet eight feet or so in front of me and pushes me back in the air and against the ground and you know I hear my ears ringing my heartbeat slowing down and everything and you know that's when the RPG blast happens and I my my life flashes before my eyes for the second time in that day. Well, the third time after the bullets, um, you know, that was the thing. And, you know, coming from that is where I had the, the you know, narcoleptic. I was narcoleptic, falling asleep while talking to people while I was in Afghanistan, forgetting wow. my rifle, forgetting my, my cover. So having little memory slips um, and then fast forwarding um, from 2010 in Afghanistan to the moment where, now in 2012, 2013, I'm battling with suicide ideation, suicidal ideations because I'm always searching my home. I feel like somebody's after me. I feel like that war sensation is happening while I'm in the shower, trying to peacefully take a shower. I got to look behind the curtains and stuff, you know, and I get to the point at one night where the pills are just not hitting right, you know, and life is kind of punching me in the face. And, you know, I take my gun and I have my pills and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, well, I have to do one of these because I'm done. I, like, I don't have any more fight in me. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know why it's all this chaos happening inside of my brain. And I put the barrel of the gun in my mouth hmm. and I'm about to pull the trigger and I'm crying, John. I'm weeping. I'm crying. Like, nobody knows the tears that I shared that night. Um, it was it was, it was, was tough because um, nobody was there to save me, John. And that's when it really hit like this is going to happen nobody's going to stop me um so that it was like a lot of things breaking me all at that one moment mm. um but i ha- i hear this voice come back to me <laughs> um the voice from afghanistan said who are you to take your life when i brought you from the land of your enemy and that voice made me cry like i fell on the floor and i cried put the gun beside me and i'm just crying like god spoke to me wow. god spoke to me and i I heard it and he told me, who are you to take your life when I brought you from the land of your enemy? Woke up the next morning on the floor 
and I take that gun to the pawn shop and I go through this battle with PTSD, you know, and, and PTSD and fighting, um, fighting by my faith, literally, you know, wow. so yeah, I'll pause right there. <laughs> wow. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that, you know, it's like, what do you say to that, man? I mean, <laughs> it's just the, that you heard that voice, that you heard the voice the first time and then you heard it a second time. Right. And, and that has saved your life because saved my life. If you didn't hear that voice, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. Um, and and and, I, and for people who've never experienced it, and that takes you further because you you go on to deal with all this and then to begin to become somebody who inspires others to deal with the mental health issues that they're facing, whether veteran or not. So. Right. Um, you, so you, you, you've been given a, a, a purpose, another purpose in life, a bigger purpose, mm -hmm. once again, by surviving that experience, you know, you have a purpose to touch others and change other people's lives. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when you, when you just Thank said you. that, obviously all the hairs went up and, and I just started, um, I mean, you know, if, if you ain't been there, you have no idea what that's like. Yeah, man. exactly. Exactly. And, and John, that's it. If you haven't been there, you you have no idea what it's like, and that's, and that's a real statement because when I when I first encountered this suicide suicidal ideation, it was because of another Marine in Japan who had just tried to hang himself in his in the barracks room um, because he was getting put out the Marine Corps. He's getting kicked out, and we we found him. You know, we had to break down his door, get in his room, and you know we see him on the ground with the noose around his neck. You wow. know, like kind of halfway in halfway out and you know we had we were able to you know bring him back and you know i'm sitting in the um the mental health facility and um you know this is my junior marine now uh, he's been in longer than me but he's my junior because he's had this alcohol issue and uh it's you know they take his rank they took his rank um and so i sat there with the mindset of someone who did not know what that was like and I said to myself, like, how, why, why would you ever, I could never, I know I could never do this. Like all of these things are in my mind yeah. and, you know, fast forward to when I'm the one, the gun and the pills, you know, and I'm like, this is it. This is, this is where my end is. And I never thought I could ever be, I'm the Allen, the happy, go lucky, the, the energetic person. But now I have this gun pointed at me. It's at me. And I, and I say that, when I spoke to these uh, healthcare providers about suicide, it's not that a person is killing themselves, it's them killing this person that's living uh, rather than the person that they desire to be, the person that they used to be. Because trauma separates the person from who they are to who they become after the traumatic experience. And when you become that person, you have this, uh, this place of um, confusion where you don't know who you are. And now, now the gun is pointed at this person, the person that I don't know, that I have no attachment to. So mm. that's what I would say about that. Wow. So, so Alan, from that moment, obviously, that voice um, told you that and you didn't uh, take action. But obviously, that wasn't like, okay, now it's over. Now you went on the, the uh, a process of dealing with all those things to try yeah. and get mental health, to, to overcome the, the, the post-traumatic stress. What was that uh, process you went to to get through healing and, and overcome? Mm. That's a good question. Can I, 
can I share a poem at this at this point? hundred percent. Well, this is one of the things, one of the reasons, you know, Trina told me <laughs> to be on the show, and I was like, hundred percent, please, please right, share. I'll share, I'll share, I'll share, I'll share, I'll share some of it. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my myself off so you're full camera. So I'm here okay. listening to you, but I want let me to cut, see you perform let me this. Cut this. Let me cut this fan on because it's getting hot in here. <laughs> All right. All right. So this poem is from my book, uh, Can I Speak? The title of it is called uh, Bombs Over Baghdad. And I wrote this after uh, a couple of years after Afghanistan. Bombs over Baghdad. Boom. Bombs over Afghanistan. Boom. How did I get into this? As I reflect over my life, I remember a time when I could not picture this. Death. Death is everywhere. Wherever there is war, death follows and it is everywhere. Reflection, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who am I after twin towers fall? I am no longer disguised in camouflage desert gear. I'm quick on my heels at attention, praying for God to take me out of here. These combat scars mark my soul. Bullet rounds were shot to part my body from my soul. I just can't recognize who I am. My God, I can't even recognize who's I am. IEDs and RPGs leave my brothers and sisters overseas. Death tornadoes through the desert valleys. We've lost so many brothers and sisters. Body bags. These dead bodies can't help me. Body bags leave the war. And I know one thing for sure that one of those bags had my name on it. Who am I? These wars have us asking questions like, who am I? What am I? Why am I here? I stand here mesmerized that my body didn't comply when the RPG landed a few feet next to me. My body went somewhere in the air. Or maybe the blast pushed me against the surface of the earth. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I got to this place where my ears are ringing like a smoke detector. My heart beats singing loudly, slowly fading into a whisper. I'm trying to paint this picture. I want you to see this as if you were standing next to me. Isn't it amazing by God's amazing grace that you all can stand next to us? Can you see the sweat from my fears? Can you feel the desert wind brush gently through your hair? Can you hear the cries of mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers echo through the years of war? Can you understand the sounds of bullets grazing the earth? Can you imagine a new me being birthed from sand? You may ask, how can I believe in a God who made Adam from Eden sin, yet he birthed me from the sands of Baghdad and Afghanistan? I didn't come home the same. I couldn't gather the pieces of my pain, the thesis to my pain. How could we come home the same? And I'll pause right there and uh, give you that piece. It's a five minute poem, but I wanted to give that to you right there. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. That's powerful, thank you, brother. Very powerful. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And when, when did you write that? And obviously, you know, you uh, and your book, which I, I shared before, um, and I'm just gonna put it up again, a poetry. Uh, can mm -hmm. I speak? speak. Um, yeah. Wh when did you write that? Uh, when did you get into writing poetry and, and why? Mm -hmm. Obviously, that poem is powerful just for yeah. listening, not alone for the person like yourself who actually lived it. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I, so I published the book in 2019. Like I said, I got back from Afghanistan in 2011. Okay. And I began mm -hmm. writing more because I was always a writer as a kid. I would write poems and stuff like that never took it seriously but when I moved to Charlotte um and around the 2014-2015 I believe is when I started actually writing more poetry um being a member of these workshops um and so like 
at that point in time is when I would join these workshops and they would be writing about uh, your deepest fears or different topics. And somehow, some way, this creativity started flowing. And I was like, you know what? I want to write something that can really touch veterans. It could touch the listeners. It could touch me when I, when I do it. And it just came out like that five-minute poem came out the way it did. And I was like, wow. And the next challenge was to memorize it. And my wife helped me out a lot with that because, like I said, I was suffering with memory loss. And I was just struggling to remember things. And I would perform and practice, perform and practice that poem. And now when I stand on this other side, it just gives me so much life to hear it over again because it's a testimony about everything from being in uh, 9-11 to being a Marine in the desert to feeling the desert, to feeling the, the wind, to feeling the gun in my mouth, right? Mm. So it's, it's, yeah, it was, a, it was a journey of writing that, but it all happened around 2015, 2016. And, and people can get Can I Speak, your, your uh, book of poetry on Amazon. So if anybody yeah. wants to just go to Amazon and, and get the book and you'll be able to, you know, see this, uh, you know, read some of this amazing poetry. So I recommend yeah. to, to definitely go do that, man. Um, what's next? I mean, well, you know, it's kind of hard because I want to go back. I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go forward with you too, because, yeah. you know, you're doing so many things right now besides, you know, your work job, you know, being a motivator and a motivational speaker, being uh -huh. a podcaster, you have this amazing podcast show that you do as well. Yeah. So share some of that and we have time. We'll kind of go back again, but I want to make sure that okay. we talk about some of how you're showing up right now in the world and what you're doing. Um, so yeah, the flavor for that, too. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, right now I work at IBM full time, you know, um, actually, for those who are listening, you get a special, uh, a special announcement. You know, um, I'm actually changing my role June 26th. I'll be IBM technical sales. Um, I'll be leaving the software support side. I've been working here um, since I graduated from college in 2021. Um, you know, so I'll be over in technical sales, but while I'm doing that, I've been also focusing on my motivational speaking. You know, I went to uh, East Addisco Middle School in South Carolina and spoke to sixth and seventh graders, you know, about growth mindset and my plan and uh, UNC Charlotte, I've spoken there. Um, and, you know, so my plan is to be able to do that a lot more, uh, to go to schools and colleges and speak to the students and to speak to them about their purpose. My goal is to help people see that no matter what they've been through, no matter where they are right now, that they have a purpose. And that's why I have the purpose pod, you know, and I started that around, uh, you know, a little bit before you started uh, Live Courageously. Um, you started December, I started March in 2021. And, you know, I, you know, I was like, how can I get to people from, from their home? You know, and I want to encourage them and inspire them. So I started the purpose part in March of 2021. Um, and, you know, I always try to encourage people. Thank you, Trina. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, um, and, you know, and even being an ambassador at Given Hour, they provide me an opportunity, you know, to uh, impact people's lives in my own way. Like I can still be me with Given Hour as an ambassador and, um, you know, inspire people to go get help, to go get psychological help, to go get that therapy that treatment, you know, and it's free. So, hey, right. But even at this point, you know, um, I want to write more books. You know, my next goal is to write a book uh, before uh, to finish my book, uh, you know, about purpose, trauma from trauma to purpose. 
is what I'm thinking of the title, but I don't know yet, you know, um, and I plan on uh, having that in August for my next engagement. Um, but yeah, John, I just, I just really want, you know, I, you know, you talk about Tony Robbins when we first got on a, a phone call uh -huh. and, you know, it's people like Tony Robbins and Les Brown um, who have inspired me, who inspired me in 2020, um, you know, to really take motivational speaking seriously and to really believe in myself that, yeah, I don't have a big vocabulary and yeah, I'm not the best, you know, uh, with words, but hey, I care about people. And I think when you do something and you care about people, it transcends your education. It, it transcends your background um, because what love conquers all, right? So when you, when you have compassion and you care about people, it will elevate you and it will raise your voice in spaces where people need to hear you. Um, so yeah, that's what's next for me, man. I, I want to come up with some inventions, some creations. I, I, for, you know. I agree with you, man. You know, Because <laughs> people need to hear people like, you know, who came from the bottom, people who came, who struggled through stuff, who right. survived stuff, survivors, overcomers. You know, mm -hmm. people, it ain't about big words or have, you know, all that. It's more being yeah. authentic and for real and speaking from the heart. And like you said, Karen, man, you know, having yeah. that passion because you you want to take your story that you've been given and help somebody change their life to find the purpose of their life and, and realize yeah. that the, it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish. So, on, you know. Man. That's what you're doing, man. You know, 100. percent So right. I, I'm gonna, you know, we, me and you may have a, a challenge because I gotta, I, I'm trying to do the book, live courageously. So, so me and you both gotta <laughs> finish the book. I think this. Is a, hey, yeah, we gotta get it. We gotta we get it out there. Yeah. yeah. So that's but, awesome. When are when are you publishing that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I got it like you. I gotta get writing it because I've, I've written two <laughs> memoirs that I got finished and I'm working on trying to publish. The first yeah. one was about my life called Black Irish, not your average white boy. And that's okay. about my journey from the South, the South Bronx to uh, where I am today. Um, but I want to do this live courageously one because I just like yours, it's that inspiration. You got a message. Uh, I got a message. And people need to hear that. They need to have hope. They need to have yeah. faith. They need to have courage. They need to, yeah. like you say, never stop, never quit. Never quit. Repeat. Exactly. Yeah. And I got to have you on my show when you release that. Whenever you release it, we got, I'll bring the purpose pop back up get you on there so we can talk about your book too. I love to. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. But so, you know, like you said, you talked about your, your, your models for you with Les Brown and, and what you're yeah. doing with the speaking. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I can only encourage, you know, that do it, man, that the more you can yeah. move forward with the book and the speaking, the more lives you'll touch, you know, yeah. and, and you've had, a, you've had an amazing life that people Thank need you. to hear because it'll inspire. Yeah. It'll inspire. Yeah. Thank you, John. And you, and you know, um, this never stop, never quit, repeat. It came to me when I was at UNC Charlotte in my junior year, and I was on. Um, I had I, I had been on academic probation when I first, when I started back in college, 2.0 GPA, uh, struggling, uh, you know, because of my memory and also you know being in a classroom setting as a, uh, a war veteran is just a little different, you know. And a lot of people who haven't even been to war struggle uh, in a classroom. Um, but I, had, I was on academic probation, um, about to fail again, fail at life, John. And I had, a, I had a reality check. I was like, if I start another thing, and I wonder what if 10 years from now, what if I would have went to college? What if I would have finished my degree? What if I would have moved here, right? I, 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 that was haunting me, John. I, I never, ever, and I just told my wife, I said, I said I've been living this way with this mindset now um what since 2000 well pretty much since i i rose from that ground after putting the gun in my mouth i haven't 
uh, you know, I dropped out of college maybe one or two times, but since 2016, John, I can say I have, I have whatever I have started, I have never quit doing it. Like if I, motivational speaking, I started, I said, how do I find, how do I build a platform? I started a brunch with Ties and Hills in Charlotte, North Carolina, to where I invited people to my space to eat with me and to hear me speak about purpose. And, wow. you know, I said, that's, that's how I built my platform. And, you know, I got people together and I got synergy, right? Um, but Never Stop, Never Quit Repeat came to me on the campus when I was like, I could drop out or I can move forward. And literally it was like, never stop, never quit, repeat. And I was like, I got to put that on a shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, look, there you go right there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> never I stop, to, never quit, repeat. I had to put it on a shirt, John, because I said, I have to, if I can keep this mantra as my mentality for the rest of my life, whatever I desire to do, I will do it. So I challenge you all to come up with your own mantra and to challenge yourself to live courageously to have faith over fear and to never stop, never quit, repeat. And, and, and you know, the, the thing is, it's, it, it's kind of funny how life is, but like once yeah. you make that decision, you know, like, you know, like I mentioned to you, when I made that decision, it was Tony Robbins who influenced me. Once I mm -hmm. made that decision, my life was never the same again. And I just yeah. kept doing whatever it took, right? Because yeah. I realized that that life could be a lot bigger than what it was for me at that time. You know, because a lot of times we limit ourselves, you know, we grow up in poverty or we grow up in a situation where there's obstacles and we think we can't do this. We can't be that. But mm -hmm. in reality, we can. And, and right. once you believe it, then you start doing it. And, and little by little, you get to the place you want to be at. So, exactly. I mean, that's what you did. I, you know, I think, you know, going through all this, you started, like you said, the, the motivational speaking, the podcasting, um, mm -hmm. Now you're influencing people, and and that's the, you know, uh, why we're what, that's why we're here, you know, to to have a bigger purpose in life, isn't it? Exactly, to have a bigger purpose, to even to even serve, because I feel like the purpose is inside of us already. You know, a lot of people are looking for their purpose, but I always believe that your purpose is already inside of you. Whether you have to get to the right temperature for it to rise up to the top is one thing. So whether you have to change your space, change your mindset, change what you're looking at, you know, we focus on the negativity, but sometimes you got to look on the positive side of life. Yeah. I am losing my job right now, John. I am losing, like I'm being redeployed, but I got a new job. Right. Yeah. I, I, I be, it was the layoffs were coming in November. They, I heard of layoffs in December and I said, okay, IBM, they're laying off. So what am I going to do? I said, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress. I'm going to apply for a job and I'm going to get it inside of IBM. And I did it. So like, it Congrats. may not work out when you want it. Thank you. It may not work out when you want it and things may not be going the way you expect them to go. But I challenge all of you to please persist through life's challenges and to always believe in yourself and to always believe that you will give yourself 100%. I'm sorry. But yeah, so and, no. and Josh, I wanted to share a poem before we left too. It's oh. my little ending yeah. game, but whenever you're ready, whenever we're- Yeah, whenever yeah we're just one that. second before we do the poem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just one of the things you're doing, like you said, is serve and, and, yeah. and it's important to be of service. And you know, what, what you did with um with uh, uh, Given Hour, you know, right now we're dealing with a time where probably mental health issues are growing, expanding even more than they used to. There's a lot of people suffering. There's a lot of people dealing with mental health issues mm -hmm. of all kinds right now. 
So, you know, being to have a message that you have is to tell people to find a way. And like you said, get, give an hour. They can get free service uh, without it costing them anything. But now more than ever, people need hope and need to deal with some of the mental issues that are growing. So, you know that, you know, because you're, 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 you're a, a spokesperson for that. So let's yeah. uh, pivot because I want to I want to get your poem because uh, that that's what one of the things that's special about you, man. So yeah. I'm going to again, I'm going to put myself on mute. I'm going to go quiet and put you on so that we can uh, stay focused as you do this poem for us. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it, John. Y'all make sure y'all like, share and subscribe, like, share and subscribe to live courageously with John Duffy. He's an amazing, amazing man. So make sure you please like, share subscribe, tell somebody about this podcast show and let them know to subscribe. So thank you, John, for this platform. All right. This one is called Unbreakable. Don't let failure imprison your mind, bring scoliosis to your spine and leave you bent. You were born to be great, set aside to be great. Your every breath is more precious than diamonds and pearls. Step out from this world and take a leap into your destiny. Look into the mirror and see what others cannot. You are royalty. Your loyalty should be shown by how much you have grown. Seeds of failure and success have both been sown, but please don't step down from your throne. Keep marching, keep moving, you are almost home. Did anyone hear your story and said it had no meaning? Did anyone hear your dreams and told you to stop dreaming? If so, let them go. Let them watch God take you from the valley into your promised land. Take my hand as I remove you from this quicksand. Fly with me, gather your feathers, lift up your head and aim to the stars with me. Stretch and reach the heights with me. Unbreakable people will be tested by pressures that measure their durability. Do you believe in your ability? Do you believe in God's ability? You are unbreakable. Thank you, John. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's powerful. Once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it because, you know, uh, even more important than just conversation and, and what we're sharing, I think poetry touches us on a deeper level. And, yeah. and your, your poetry definitely does, man. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you. So let me, let me, as we have a few more minutes left, I just want to kind of um, say, uh, how do people contact you? I'm going to put up a, a, a little bit. Maybe this is uh, some of your contact information uh, right here. Yeah. Um, yep. that's, your, that's your website. That's where they yeah. can book you as a speaker. That's where your mm -hmm. podcast is. That's where your LinkedIn page is. Um, yep. They can also go on Amazon and purchase your poetry book. So that, mm -hmm. that's where people can uh, reach out to you, connect with you, involve yep. you, and, and get you as a speaker. Um, yep. So besides that, you know, um, what else? You know, there's one thing. There's another thing that you always say that comes from one of your things, and that's, uh, you know, <laughs> I believe in you. I believe, yeah. And I, I think that's a powerful message. You know, I believe yeah. in you. Um, so I want to, again, you know, as we close out, what message would you like to leave people with? Um, what would you like to say to them? And yeah. um, just, you know, give us some closing thoughts from you. Thank you, John. Um, and, you know, I would just love to tell people that, you know, I do believe in you. And I, I, I feel that each person that is living today is has the spirit of perseverance within them. You know, whether they're struggling to wake up in the morning, whether they're struggling to struggling to take another step forward or to walk into their office, or to walk back into their house at home, you know, you are, you, you have the spirit of perseverance, um, and you are resilient. So my challenge, I, I want to challenge people, because we like challenges, we like the TikTok challenge, we like the Instagram challenge, right? So my challenge for you all is to come up with your life's mantra, 
come up, if, if it's live courageously, if it's never stop, never quit, repeat, if it's faith over fear, you can take ours, you can do whatever you want, but I challenge you to come up with your life's mantra and to utilize that tool and that weapon to slay down fear, to slay down anxiety, and to conquer the demons that are trying to bring you down in this life. And I, I hope and, and pray that you all continue to push forward with purpose and purpose and on purpose. Never stop, never quit, repeat. <laughs> right on, man, right on. <laughs> uh, a great message, a, a, great, a great way to end. And I, and I you know, I, I look forward to seeing your next book. I look forward to uh, being on your podcast show. Yeah. Um, and maybe even, uh, you know, speaking together on a platform together, the both of us Definitely. at some point in the future. I'd love to, to have that reality. So, you know, like yeah. sometimes they say, speak it into reality, you know? Yeah, Trina, Trina, make it happen. Giving our brains John Duffy and Alan, leave our Simmons to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I, I think that, that she's been challenged. Um, she's been challenged. That would that, that would be fantastic, man. Um anyway, uh, any last yeah. things besides that? Like once again, I say get get the book. You can get it at Amazon, get a copy of Can yeah. I Speak? Um yeah. definitely check it out. Uh check out uh, Alan's sites right here, and you can always watch it in replay and reach out to him if you want him to speak or you want to bring him to your group. So those yeah. are just uh, some things I would just uh, recommend. And hold on. I think I got a feeling that uh, Trina's all right. I knew she was going to say something. Uh, uh, thank you. That's right. Thank all right. on it, Trina. All right. <laughs> Already thinking on it. That's um, right. So that's that, that's so cool. And, and Trina was on my show, obviously, a while back, too. Yeah. And she's fantastic and just such an inspiration. So And y'all met at Unmasking Hope, right? The, the film. The, yes, the, the in, in L.A. Yeah. That's where I met yeah. her. And um, that, yeah. you know, and and that made the connection, and that made the connection to you. And then you know, right. you know, that's how life works. We just get connected to to yeah. great people who are inspiring others. So I'm honored and uh, thankful that I got connected to you. And um, you know, and you you're willing to take the time and share all this with the uh, audience a little courageously. Thank you, John. And you keep you keep doing words. what you're doing, brother. Uh, thank you, and you keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, you know. <laughs> And for everybody, once again, it, you know, you get a chance to watch this in, 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 um, later. It's a powerful story. You know, not a lot of us have, have been that in such a dark place, but it just shows you that no matter how dark life can turn sometimes, that there's another way, there's hope, there's a chance. And I think Alan's life uh, uh, typifies that, you know, he went from that darkest place you could ever possibly be and he's turned it around and now he's uh, somebody who's inspiring others to their greatness. So... Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. You have a great day, man. All right. You too. All right. I hope everybody uh, who has a chance to watch this has enjoyed the show, been inspired by uh, the message from uh, Alan Simmons and also from uh, his poetry with some powerful poetry there. Please check out his book on Amazon. Please check out his uh, contact information and reach out to him if you need a, a powerful, amazing speaker. Uh, please subscribe to uh, Live Courageously and help me spread the message of uh, living courageously um, and join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. so that you can uh, check out all the other shows coming up. Here's my contact information that you can reach me on email, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram. And then as they say, here's... All right.
All right. One more time. And until I see you uh, next Sunday, keep on coming back. Live courageously. Faith over fear. And may you make your life a masterpiece. And God bless you until we meet next Sunday at 2 p.m. Thank you.